Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, happy Thursday. It's Rich from the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you're here. Uh, You know, a part of our goal here at Unseminary is to provide you with really practical teaching and understanding and insights and maybe get you to think a little bit differently about uh, your ministry. And today is no exception. We've got John Gibson from Cove Church uh, and he's going to talk about this mid-level community uh, that they've got going at their church that I think really provides an interesting challenge, uh, something for us between the large group gathering and the small group kind of discipleship opportunity. Uh, So it's going to be a great show. Uh, Make sure you stick around to the end because I've got some resources I want to share for you. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Let's jump in. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. We've got a real treat for us today. We've got John Gibson from North Carolina. You know, it's always great to talk to somebody from the South because that's where real Christians come from. So uh, we're happy to have John with us. John's with Cove Church, and we've got an, just an incredible uh, few minutes planned here. As we're going to learn a little bit about some of the good things happening uh, at Cove Church. So uh, welcome to the show, John. So glad you're here. Thank you very much, Rich. I'm appreci- very appreciative. Oh, no, I'm so so glad you're here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Cove Church and tell me about your role there. Well, the Cove Church is a, it's a fantastic church that's north of Charlotte. And um, we've been in existence for about 14 years, and our senior pastor is Mike Madding. It's, it's, a, it's a great church, very relaxed church, um, very um, intentional about teaching the Bible. And, um, you know, our mission statement is to introduce our friends to Jesus learn to follow him, and to celebrate his presence in our lives. And that's something we try to live out every day in all, in all types of venues in our church. Hmm, very cool. So now g- give me a sense kind of what's a, what's a typical weekend like for you guys? You know, what's a service like? How does it, you know, what's kind of what a, a normal experience at Cove Church like? Well, we, of course, have a lot of great worship time, a lot of great music. And, um, and then, you know, we have about a... 35, 40-minute message. Mm-hmm. A lot of great um, fellowship and community that happens within our atrium in all of our campuses. And we have three satellites and a main campus. And then we have, of course, what we're talking about, our neighborhood campuses. And right now we have seven neighborhood campuses um, regionally and nationally. Cove Church is one of those just great churches I've heard of. It's maybe one of those churches that's not on that kind of inner circle of, you know, churches that there's a lot of, you know, conferences and that kind of things going, you know, happening. But it is a church making a real difference in your community and has grown significantly over the years. Why don't you give me a sense of some of the upside and some of the downside of being a growing church? Yeah, we actually, like most churches, started in an elementary school and we've grown over the years and when the time came, we... You know, we built a building, and of course, statistically, most churches grow substantially once you actually have your brick-and-mortar building, and we did. We doubled in our numbers. Wow. But our church did a lot of things big. Everything we did was big, and we did it really well. Our church is known for big events, big Christmas events, big Easter events, um, big type of outreach events to the community. But it also created this unintentional behavioral value that we need to do everything big. And um, right now we're, we're focusing not only on 
the big, but also the value of, of small and intimate as well. Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell me about uh, neighborhood campuses? What's the difference? What is a neighborhood campus, and what's the difference between it and, say, a small group? Well, neighborhood campuses was a vision from, from God, of course, to Mike Matting. And um, on his bucket list, which he had when he first started in ministry, you know, one of it was launch satellites, have a building, um, have neighborhood campuses. And neighborhood campuses are very much, in his best words, just really itty-bitty satellites. And they have the same values, the same experience, the same environment that our large church is going to offer, but they're very small. And why we started doing them is because we figured out that people are drawn to different size groups in their lives. They're just um, naturally, they gravitate towards different sizes. So a life group is one to, you know, two to 12 people. And two to 12 people is that, you know, biblical, it, it replicates how Jesus um, had community on this earth. And then there's another step above that, and that's between 13 and 65 people. And that's another people group that we're talking about. And people feel naturally, they feel more natural in that size group. And of course, then you have the 75 to 200, 300, and those are our satellites. And then above that, we have our, of course, our main campuses. So we created neighborhood campuses to reach those people who feel natural within the 13 to 65 group size, so a mid-sized community group. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, I don't want people to miss that. I, I love the kind of strategic thinking there around, okay, so people just inherently, are, you know, we're all a little different. We all don't necessarily just love the big show or we all don't love just a small group. Some folks are in between. They're like, hey, I need that that kind of, like you're saying, 13 to 65, somewhere in that age group or that size um, of, of group. Give me a sense of what happens in that. When you say it's just like a micro or a small uh, satellite, uh, what does that look like? How, like what happens yeah. at a neighborhood campus? Well, well first of all, we'll, we'll back up and say, you know, what's the differences between a life group and a neighborhood campus? A life group is focused on fellowship and biblical community. And a neighborhood campus, the focus of that is evangelism to relationally evangelize to friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors. And the output of that, the byproduct of that, is biblical fellowship and community. But that is not the main point. The main point is e to be evangelical and to reach those who don't have a relationship with Jesus. Hmm, interesting. So how, what does that look like? How, how, what does outreach look like in, uh, you know, in a neighborhood group? You know, the ministry doesn't happen on Sunday, per se. You know, 99% of the ministry happens throughout the week. So you're at work, and you're talking to your workmates, and you're inviting them to something not as intimidating as a large, big-box church. You know, you're talking with your family over the phone, and you're sharing with them this mission, this mission that you're on to reach those who don't have a relationship with Jesus and tell them that it's a, a non-threatening environment, a non-intimidating environment to come and come to my home or come to my clubhouse or come to my mid-size venue like a movie theater or a coffee shop and have um, an opportunity to listen to a message and to be in community with 
good people. All right, so let's uh, you know let's pretend uh, you know I lean over the fence or maybe across the cubicle, and you ask me to come to a neighborhood group, and I'd be happy to come. Maybe it's in a movie theater or at a house or a club room or something like that. Um, and I ask, you know, well, what's going to actually happen? What's going to take place at that? What would I experience when I came uh, to a neighborhood group? Well, just like we said earlier, um, a neighborhood campus is a very itty-bitty sized satellite, so you're going to see a lot of the same elements. So you're going to be greeted by a host team. They're going to come in. They're going to be smiling. They're going to have a name tag. They're going to welcome you in. They're going to give you a name tag. They're going to connect you with somebody at the um, information center or maybe in the kitchen table and kind of make those connections for you. And then you're going to have some snacks. You have coffee. One great thing about neighborhood campus is you get to eat. And, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're going to enjoy some community beforehand. Just like in our large campus, we have an atrium um, in every single one of our larger satellites in our main campus. And that atrium is a time to have conversations and connect with people. And um, after that, there's going to be some announcements made by the neighborhood campus leader. And they're going to be very um, pointed announcements for that neighborhood campus. You know, what are they doing in the community? Why are they here? You know, why are they meeting? What is the purpose? And then they're going to sit down once the music starts um, on our broadcast. We do broadcast live, and we do it in many different ways. One is, you know, online, through our online campus. But we also have a system through our Roku channel, and we supply all of our neighborhood campus leaders with a Roku box. So it's very convenient, it's very simple, and they're able to tap into our live feed, and it's in, you know, HD, and it's very clear. So, so they will enjoy the worship together, which is broadcasted, and then, of course, you've got the title package, and then the message begins, and the message is about 35, 40 minutes long, and then there's, there's worship again, and they get to enjoy that, and then there's closing announcements, and... We have Rebecca Carney, who does some of the closing announcements online. And then our neighborhood campus leaders will come in and, again, close out the service and pray over the service and the people that are attending and reach out to them and let them know that, you know, this is a, your neighborhood campus. This is a place where you can come and be connected, hear the word of God, and hopefully be missional together, go out, and reach your friends and families and neighbors and invite them and to grow it. It's never, it's not meant to be a hundred or two hundred people, but you know every neighborhood campus that leader um, will help determine and, and of course God will help determine the size of that group. Mm -hmm. We have some that are um, 12 to um, 25 and then we have some that are 30, 30 plus. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, a, it's a great opportunity and a great way to share the message with those who otherwise won't go to a large setting or a big box. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. For folks that don't know, Roku is like a it's kind of like Apple TV or you know they just released that Chromecast. It's a it's a device that connects to the internet um, that allows uh, and to your TV it'll have you know a, a big screen TV uh, that just does really simple streaming. You have apps you can download or channels you can download onto it. So you guys obviously have a Cove Church channel uh, on on Roku um, that makes it super easy for people to deliver. If you're looking for a solution, it's great. Um, you know on that. 
that front. Give me a sense of um, you know how far out or how widely dispersed from your um, from your campuses or your satellites and the you know your original location. Um, you know all these neighborhood campuses are. Are they kind of in you know too far away from your existing church, or are they kind of just populated within your existing communities? You know, it's funny. Um, everyone that goes to church can say, "I know neighbors that don't go to church, or are disenchanted, or have fallen away, or as they say now, the, the trendy word is de-churched." Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually have a lot of our neighborhood campuses within 30 miles of our either our satellites or our regional um, main campus. That does, that doesn't say that we don't have them in Florida or Kentucky because we do. But the, the the main crux of our neighborhood campuses are regional. Right. Right. That's cool. Um, so now I'm sure from your perspective there are some uh, neighborhood campuses that are really thriving and growing. Not necessarily, you know, it's not about numbers, but just like super healthy. And then some that aren't as healthy. What would you say the ones that are healthy, what are the kind of some of those best practices that you're seeing that are making them just be, you know, great location for you? Well, one of the hiccups that we ran into in the beginning was, hey, we wanted people to start neighborhood campuses, and they had to be you know, leaders within our church, and we wanted to be able to equip them to do that. But we also gave them option. You know, it could be one time or two times a month, which in theory, you know, some church is better than no church for some people. But we found that the consistent neighborhood campus, the ones that meet on a weekly basis that own up to the fact that they're there for a reason, that they're going to be consistent, and that's a great advantage. And we, we found that people that meet every single week you know, thrive much faster, and they get more traction quicker. Hmm. Ah, that's really cool. That's now. Are they all? Um, are they all? Sir, are are all the neighborhood campuses happening? Kind of when you have live services taking place at your regional campus, um, are they all taking kind of place simultaneously? They do occur during our live services, but they don't have to because of the way that we have set up our online campus, we we do stream out and broadcast our services throughout the week. So we have some neighborhood campuses that are formulating now that will be during the week because it's really about reaching those people who don't go to church. Mm-hmm. And if they don't go to church on Sunday, but they, they would go and be part of a service on a Monday, then we're going to have services on a Monday and we're going to gather people together and they're going to enjoy the same type of environment and the values that we have on a weekend but on a Monday. So, you know, one of the things I'm noticing is you kind of, you know, you kind of have these three different, uh, you know, multiple levels of kind of ministry going on. You've got the big, large group thing, uh, you know, the kind of traditional, what we think of, you know, the, the big box church, I think is what you said. Um, and then you've got the life group deal. But the unique thing for me is this kind of mid-level thing. You know, how does that all fit together in your mind from a ministry model point of view? How does that, you know, how does that knit together um, to allow you to do what you're trying to do at your church? Yeah, so we are in the early development stage of the neighborhood campus model, but truly I think that most churches, they run on that chassis of the life group and the life group model where they they bring people in and the way they get connected is through serving teams and through life groups. They they experience that fellowship and biblical community and discipleship in life groups. But I I think that um, churches could develop a secondary model that... Um, works synergetically, and that's our neighborhood campuses, because 
One, in life groups, you have fellowship, biblical community, and discipleship. And that's a great way and tool to get people connected and help them grow spiritually. But I also think that there can be a, another model that's put right beside of it, and they're called neighborhood campuses, and that's an evangelical tool. The leaders and those who um, have graduated, per se, into that role, they, they go out with intentionality and they evangelize. I can really see a church growing and enjoying growth with those two models, life group and the neighborhood campuses. You've got the fellowship, biblical community, and then you have the evangelism. And it's amazing. I mean, in our church, you know, we're in the early um, stages of it, but our first-time guest ratio is 25% at neighborhood campuses. I mean, that's wow. huge when it comes that's, to... You, you're that's talking crazy. About, there is a, a fourth of the people there are first-time guests. Wow. And That's people crazy. are coming to Christ. Um, over the last nine months, in our small micro-satellites, we've had 16 people come to faith in Christ. That's wow. a big win for us. That's great. That that's so encouraging. You know that that one in four first time guest ratio is amazing. Like that, you know, any church that has that kind of thing going on, you realize there's something happening there, right? Like that's uh, people are responding to that, and then you know to see people actually take that step towards Christ is uh, you know is incredible. You know, when I first heard about this, um, it tweaked my my mind because. I was it resonated as like just kind of sociologically true. I think there are people who, you know, the mid the, the small group thing just maybe doesn't work for them as well when we talk about reaching people. You know, we talk about trying to, you know, to reach out to them that that kind of mid-level um, you know, I think is is fantastic. Oh, this has been great. You know, we're going to jump into the lightning round in a second, but how could people learn more, you know, either about Cove or about you? How could they contact you? Um, what does that uh, what does that look like? What's the best way for them to reach out? Well, we're an open book because, you know, we really enjoy building this model and really we hope that people will pick it up and be go begin to do it themselves at their own church. So feel free to call me. Um, my number is 704-756-4060 if you have any questions. You can also talk to Pastor Rick Carney. I'd be happy to relay um, his information to you once you give me a ring. And my email is jgibson at covechurch. That's C-O-V-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot O-R-G. Love to hear from you. Love Perfect. to be able to help you with this. Yeah, that's great. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right, well, here we've entered the lightning round, that part of the show where we uh, we jump through some questions and dig in uh, with the church leader. So uh, first question, what's an online resource, or maybe resources, a few of them, uh, that you're using this day that's really, you know, these days it's really helping you? Well, there is um, a few. If, if you enjoy blogs or if you enjoy um, learning about leadership, we I do subscribe to the Brian Dodd. Um, leadership, pod, mm. not podcast, but leadership um, blog. Mm -hmm. um, we use BombBomb as a church, and um, for those of you who don't know what BombBomb is, it's more of a, it's type of a email, group email service, and one great reason why we use it is because it syncs up with, with F1, which is Fellowship One for, for all of you, of course, and all of us are used to Fellowship One, and it's kind of generic and standard and HTML-type emails, but, you know, BombBomb allows us to embed videos and to do links and to put our logo and our graphics on it. 
Yeah, I'll need to take a look at that because I know for we use Fellowship One, you know, at our church, and uh, we all we struggle to you know to do good emails. We use a third-party service, and we're always like manually kind of flip-flopping back and forth. So you can just send right out from a list, like it connects. So you could say like this people list send to the bomb bomb and and an email out to that group. This cool-looking email, you can do that directly from bomb bomb. And the main reason why most people you know use um, would like to use it is because the unsubscribe. Right. You want to honor that. Right. And that's how it syncs up with F1. It, it, it will actually unsubscribe them from the list, you know, without you have to go through manually and doing all of that. That's on top of all the, the pretty graphics and the links and the videos that you can do on BombBomb. Bomb. But how it syncs up with F1, it allows the unsubscribe to happen. Oh, uh, that's great. And we also use Evernote as well. Okay. So you use that for kind of gathering information for, you know, how do you use that? We use it to, um, of course, to collaborate together as um, directors of our neighborhood campuses and to use it as, um, of course, to go back and read notes to all the meetings that we have. <laughs> right. Churches are good for meetings. All right. What about books? What are some, you know, a book or two that you've been reading in the last, you know, few months that have, have really inspired you or, or helped you um, as you're leading? Well, there is the republish of the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by Maxwell. That's a classic. It's a great, great book on leadership. I don't care if you're reading it for secular reasons or you're, you're, you're reading it because, you know, you want to be a, a great leader in ministry. But I have a group of about um, five young leaders that I'm walking through that book. So it's great to be able to, you know, share that with them and watch them grow. Um, Weird by Craig Rochelle. Mm, it's a great mm -hmm. book. I mean, I like Craig. I don't know. And um, <laughs> to, to kind of polish up on my... Um, Apologetics, um, so what's the difference? And that's a republished by Fritz Ridenauer as well. That's a great book to read if you want to know the differences between the, the different denominations and the cults and the sects that are out there right now. Very cool. Yeah, that's, that's great. What about other ministries that you're learning from, you're kind of drawing uh, inspiration from these days? Well, currently, um, Ignite Justice Conference which is a conference that's happening in Charlotte in February of 2014, but it's a conference that connects and makes people more aware of the social injustices that are happening locally in Charlotte, but also globally. And all the nonprofits and all the churches that are trying to combat those things um, locally and internationally. So the Ignite Justice Conference connects people to those nonprofits and churches' mission, vision, and gets them connected so they can be a part of the solution as well. Hmm, that sounds fantastic. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds very good. That's, uh, that's amazing. All right, so let's say you could get 15 minutes uh, with any leader who's alive today uh, just to kind of interact with them, learn from them. Uh, who would you, you want to interact with? You know, originally when you said that, I was thinking, Winston Churchill. I'm like, well, he's dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, I, it, it's, it's a tough call. Um, if I could get 15 minutes with uh, a great visionary, a great leader, and a great speaker, you know, I'd probably say Craig Rochelle. Right. He's, a, he's doing some great things right now. Yeah, absolutely. Craig's an amazing leader, so... All right, so John, when you're kind of put your feet up, you're kicking back, you're trying to, you know, relax a little bit. What do you do for fun? How do you, uh, you know, how do you just get some downtime from from ministry and just life in general? Well, I really love tennis, so really? I watch. You know, some people love football, and that happens for a certain amount of time. 
I love the Grand Slams. I love watching tennis. I love Roger Federer. You know, he, he's a great number one, although he's not number one anymore, but he, he was for years. <laughs> he's still number one in my mind. Right, but, right, um, right. You know, I watch a lot of tennis. Um, I got the best seat in the house. Of course, that's because I'm in front of a big screen TV. I don't really get to go to the Grand Slams, but right. I'd love to. Um, I play a lot of racquetball. There's a lot of us within our church and, you know, some of our lay leaders that we play a lot of racquetball at our local Y. And... I also spend a lot of time with my family at on the lake at Lake Norman. Oh, nice. Above Charlotte in the beautiful Lake Norman area. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's very good. My, so boating my, is a big thing here. Nice. Everybody's got to get out on a boat and play tennis. That's right. <laughs> Between <great>. boats. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much for taking time out to, you know, give us insight into what's happening at Cove. And, uh, you know, just thanks so much for, uh, for your time today. Well, I really appreciate it, Rich. There's a lot of great things happening in the Cove, and I love the opportunity to talk about what we're doing in the Neighborhood Campus Ministry. Thank you. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. I'm so thankful that John uh, was on the show. I really do think he provides a challenge for us, and Cove Church provides a challenge for us. You know, they really are dealing with a sociological reality, that there are some people that we can't reach because we just focus on the very large or on the very small. Uh, there are people that, that really are, are we're able to reach more in that kind of middle category. And so I think that's a, that's a challenge for us. It's something we need to think through in our churches and wrestle through, you know, what that looks like. I'd love to hear comments on the show notes uh, about what you thought about today's episode. Also, as you go, one resource, um, I wrote an article a while back about North Point Community Church. That's another church that does an incredible job moving people from kind of rows of people People looking at an audience or looking, sorry, not looking at an audience, looking at a person on the stage uh, into circles, into small groups. And so there's an article on unseminary.com called uh, Nine Reasons Every Church Leader Needs to Learn from North Point. That gives you a bit of insight uh, into why they'd be another church for you to look into. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Listen, God's put you in the place that you're at to lead, to see people take steps towards him. So this weekend, go in there, uh, face the crowds, face what it is that, uh, that you've got happening happening at your church because you know that God's put you there. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>